Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Roundtable. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is Hoosier Huddle writer Nate Comp and the great Andy Graham uh, as well here to talk about uh, the first third of the Indiana football season and then the big game on Saturday night in Lincoln, Nebraska against the Cornhuskers. Uh, Andy, welcome to our roundtable. You've been a guest on the podcast all, all summer and preseason. Uh, it's our first time talking to you since the season started. So how are you? Oh, I'm doing well, actually. We uh, we had a nice weekend here in Bloomington, the Lotus World Music and Arts Festival, which is annual every September. And uh, it's a real crown jewel for the community kind of event. So I had a good time Saturday, uh, despite the result out of Cincinnati. So, Yeah, tough game down in Cincinnati, uh, 45-24 win for the Bearcats. Nate, welcome back again, our roundtable regular. How are you doing? Doing great. Excited to get started. Yeah, so I, I'm going to start with with Andy. Uh, let's go through. It's the first third of the season is done. IU is sitting at three and one, um, but it feels like publicly that uh, you know the foundation's crumbling a little bit. What is your take on the the first you know third of the season? IU is sitting at one and zero oh in the Big Ten, uh, and you know the, the teams that IU have have beaten uh, have a pretty impressive record. Mm-hmm. No, actually, I think the Illinois win and the Western Kentucky win are very good wins, and that will be uh, proven out, I think, as the season transpires. Um, and I no, I, I think a lot of fans, uh, Indiana fans, if, if they'd been consulted at the start of the season and say, okay, after four, you're going to be three and one with a one and no Big Ten record, they would have said, oh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, and I think, you know, the thing that's interesting about Indiana right now, in my view, is that um, I think the components are there for a pretty decent team. They just haven't put it all together yet. And I don't think that's shocking or surprising given the uh, fact that uh, over a third of the roster is new. Uh, virtually the entire offensive coaching staff is new. Um, the defensive coordinator is new. Uh, so I think that a little bit of inconsistency and a little bit of not completely having one's act together was not, is not all that surprising. But uh, the fact that they're three and one is gratifying. I think people should, uh, I think people should feel good about that, especially given that they haven't played. I don't think anywhere close to their optimal football yet. Certainly not for four quarters. Nate, going on on your side, uh, how, how do you feel about the first third of the season? Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with Andy there. If if you told me that we were going to be three and one, I think I would pretty much expect that. I would there were definitely some closer games in there than I would have expected. But like Andy said, we, I don't think we've played our best football yet. And it is very expected that we had so many transfers come in so many new coaches. Like there was just a lot of turnover there. There's still remnants of the team from this is not the same team from 2020. So uh, that, that's somewhat a good thing that it's not the team from 2021. And also, it's, there's going to be learning curves with 2022. And ultimately, the, I think just about every Indiana football fan's goal 
at the end of the season is just to be bowl eligible and through a third of it we're three and one and only three wins away uh looking at the the schedule coming up but i feel like there are some winnable games still left there so goal still on the table which is good this early on because we could not say that necessarily last season at this time uh, yeah that's... more wins than last season yeah so, yeah yeah um i want to go back to that second half against cincinnati you know, and the first half was a total disaster, especially that last five minutes where it just it was kind of a flashback to last season of just everything went wrong. I thought that, you know, if this was 2021, IU loses that game by by 40 or more points. Um, and you saw the resolve that they had. Uh, and I thought that was that's that's good news uh, to me, uh, at least it's that, you know, you saw some fight, whereas last year at the end of last year, as soon as something went wrong, the game was over. Like the, the dam had broke and and it was over. But uh, my view on the first third of the season, you're you're three and one. Uh, Like you guys said, everything is still in front of you uh, in terms of getting the six wins. This was a game that, um, I didn't think IU would win. I it's Cincinnati's lost three games in the last three years. It's at their place. They still have a very good team. It was going to be a hard press when they came in as 16 and a half point underdogs. Um, so it's, it's not like you went and lost to, to Rutgers. Uh, this week is a whole different story. You have Nebraska who's sitting there at one and three. They've already fired their coach. They've already fired a defensive coordinator. Um, Andy, I want to ask you this. You've seen a lot of Indiana football. You've seen a lot of Big Ten football where coaches have been fired and known they've been fired. Is Nebraska on that precipice of we're just going to pack it in? Um, Can you tell that yet? Have they reached that point or is that point coming down the road for them? No, I don't. I don't think they've reached that point yet. Especially coming off of a bye week, where they get two weeks to really work on things and to try to feel better about themselves and to put some of the recent frustrations behind them a little bit. They're going to look at this as a really winnable game that they really need to win at home. Uh, the last time Indiana visited, the Hoosiers, you know, got a big win out of there, and uh, I think Nebraska is going to be really pointing for it. Um, how much that'll help them, I don't know. Uh, last time they were really fired up too. They hold out the black shirts for their defense, and you know we're really gung ho the game. It was you know it was a good ball game, but Indiana showed a lot of all. He was great in that game, and he showed a lot of moxie and grit. Uh, to use some of Tom's favorite words, um, and and they really you know the Hoosiers gutted it out and deserved to win that game. That, that was that was a really nice win. Um, and I think that uh, I hope that that the Cincinnati result once again is a bit instructive. I, I remember talking to folks and I said, you know, the, the Idaho game, I think will help Indiana a little bit about against Western Kentucky because the first half against Idaho was just, you know, really miserable and, and a terrible uh, performance. Um, and then they really rallied well in the second half and won. And then the same thing basically happened down in Cincinnati on Saturday and I think Indiana will be hungry and just a little bit honked off uh, going into Lincoln. And I think, I think it'll be fine. I mean, that's it. They got, it'll be a huge crowd and Nebraska always gets great fan support, even if they've been struggling. Uh, so there's that. 
but I don't think the atmosphere will be any more dominant than maybe it was Saturday. And I think Indiana will be determined, especially listening to Coach Allen today, I think Indiana is going to be determined to start better and, and to, uh, to, to, to come out fighting. Um, and really, if you look at the first quarter of Saturday against Cincinnati, it was okay. I mean, it, you know, Indiana was playing reasonably well in the first quarter, and it just got away from the second quarter about every which way it could. Um, and and I was frankly just really disappointed in the defense and the, the secondary play in particular. And I imagine that has to stick in Tom's craw, and it'll stick in the craw of a lot of those veterans who play back there because there's no way that that should have happened to that extent on Saturday. Cincinnati had a fairly sedentary quarterback, somebody that you shot, you ought to be able to put pressure on. Uh, Indiana secondary is the most experienced unit and one of the most talented units on the team. And I just didn't see any reason why you're giving up 38 points and a half. Um, so I think Indiana will be ready to play. And I think Nebraska will be too. Um, so the question will come down to, you know, who's a better football team right now. And I think, um, you know, Hoosier fans can, can feel like their team is building. I'm not sure how Nebraska fans are going to feel after their one and three start. Yeah, that's this game. Um, Tom was asked, you know, if it's the most important game on the schedule, and he gave the classic Tom Allen answer of it's the most important one because it's the next one. Uh, but to brush aside the, the coach speak, I think this is the biggest swing game of the season. Um, <clears throat> You have Michigan and Maryland coming in after uh, after Nebraska. You have to get this one, or that that loss, uh, Cincinnati loss, turns into three uh, before heading on the road to Rutgers, and and it really snowballs. So it, it's I, I I like the morale of this team. I wasn't down there in Bloomington today myself, but the the way that they kind of fought back against Cincinnati showed me that there, there's there's a lot of heart and grit and. Um, you know, we'll see on Saturday uh, what happens. Nate, where where do you see this um, Nebraska game on the scale of of importance? Oh, it's it's just so important. We we saw last season how just the the, the game that you you feel like you can win, and then something happens and it, it just collapses an entire season. We we saw that so many times, like we had mentioned earlier, of just. Oh, there was one bad play. We're, we're not going to come back from this. And th there goes your, your entire season. So I, I feel like there's that level of severity on this game, just because it's coming off your first loss of the season. You're going to that, it, your second, going into your second big 10 game. And it, it just feels so winnable. There's just so much going on with the Nebraska program that like, you, you search Nebraska football to, to like research this matchup right now. And they're, they're not talking about the fact that IU comes to play this week. They're talking about, do we have a shot with urban Meyer? Or they're talking about the fact that yes, they really need their needed their bye week but is this the, it was just a hilariously bad bye week for them. And the fact that they, they had just their last game, they had just gotten killed by Oklahoma. And then they watched Kansas state, led by Adrian Martinez, play practically a perfect game, no turnovers, and go and beat Oklahoma. It, I don't know. There's just – it seems like all things are going wrong with Nebraska, so it's just so winnable. would be such a big step up for this program to get this win this week. Yeah, yeah well, one of the, Go ahead, Andy. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say one of the uh, – one, one of the uh, – 
negative results Saturday for me was that Maryland is good. That Maryland went into Ann Arbor and looked really, really good. Because I think Michigan is you know legitimately good. And Maryland, you know, played them straight up and, and toe-to-toe and uh, impressed me. Uh, especially given, you know, the game began with the opening kickoff wanging off the guy's face mask and Michigan recovering at the 10 and Michigan getting a cheap touchdown right away yep. to start the day. And Maryland was totally unfazed. You know, they, they, they looked like a confident veteran team and came right back at Michigan and took the lead and, and, were, and they were competitive pretty much throughout. So I agree with your assessment, Sammy, that that kind of elevates the importance of this game because the next two games, even though they're at home, are going to be you know, tough W's to get. Um, so it's just what we needed is another competent Big Ten East team. But yeah, well, hopefully this is the last go around for the Big Ten East. Uh, I, we're, we're all hoping this is the final season of that. Agreed. Yeah, it's definitely some changes coming along college football, some good, some bad. Um, but we'll see the product in the field this season has been really, uh, really special, I, I think, um, in terms of you have upsets and crazy games. And that's what college sports is about. You want to see App State go into Texas A&M and win. And that's what makes college football so great is that every single game right now, um, it matters. It, it, and uh, even though Texas A&M lost, they went down and, and beat Arkansas in, in, uh, in Dallas in a, in a rivalry game and, and things like that. Uh, but going back to the Big Ten and, and IU, uh, the Indiana offensive line has been a topic of discussion for the last three or four years um, in, in terms of them being the thing that is holding back Indiana football. Uh, on Saturday, they allowed five sacks, 12 quarterback pressures. Uh, Ivan Pace had four and a half tackles for loss. Uh, really good linebacker out of Cincinnati. But um, Tom Allen today announced that he would tinker with rotations and, and things like that. And a lot hinges on whether or not Zach Carpenter is going to be back uh, at center. But, Andy, I wanted to go to, to you on this first. Um if you're the offensive line coach, who are you plugging in? Um, you know, assuming that Zach Carpenter does not play, let's take that as the worst case scenario. Do you move a Mike Kadick over to center and plug yeah. somebody in else at, at guard? Yep. Yeah, I do. And that's nothing to, it's not meant to criticize, you know, Murphy who stepped in and, uh, and did what he could do, you know, obviously helped Indiana win a game the week before uh, and, you know, really kind of rose to the occasion. But, you know, he's not you – know, he was third string for a reason. I mean, he wasn't really necessarily ready. He's a converted defensive lineman, and I'm sure that he'll, you know, develop well as an offensive lineman, but he's very – he's in the sort of nascent stages of his development as an offensive lineman, and it's tough to have your center be that. So I was a little bit surprised that – you know, whether it's Kadic or Weaver or whomever, I, I, you know, I know there's some guys who can play center, uh, you know, Vinny Fia Cable, there's guys on the roster who have some experience at center. So I'm a little bit surprised that uh, didn't try to go that direction sooner, but I do think they need to do that. I think they have to have a, a veteran presence. And of course it, it matters, you know, the staff is the most important thing. I mean, I, you know, people can criticize Murphy's play in terms of getting pushed back into the backfield sometimes and whatnot. The staffing has been pretty good. 
you know, and that that's really kind of the first function of a of a center in a in a shotgun formation when Indiana's you know having having Indiana's not doesn't have the quarterback under center often. But yeah, I do think we need to do that. I liked it in the second half, you know, when I saw 67 and 77 together on one side of the line, you know, where we had Khalil and we had Josh Sales out there. Uh, I've been waiting to see those guys. I've been, they, they were, you know, highly recruited guys, uh, major programs for one of them. They've got good physical attributes. Um, and, you know, you hope one, one likes to see younger players develop and then to, to take over a role. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd like to see more of that, frankly. Uh, give that a try, at least, and see, and see how that works. But uh, what, what we have is the kind, of, um, the kind of effect that we saw Saturday when Indiana's quarterback, I believe it was a, it was a single-game record for passes attempted, and, yes. and, and it was a 47% completion. And obviously five sacks and then he hurries that contributes to that. Now, having said that, I also want to see more consistent quarterbacking from Connor Basilak. Uh, he's shown extremely well at times and he's been especially great in the clutch, you know, when they really needed plays to be made to win games. I and mean, he's been terrific in terms of uh, stepping up and it had to happen and help make things happen. But consistent throughout the game. I don't think you can lay that all on the feet of the offensive line. But I think, once again, Basilak's a, a transfer. He's learning a new system. He's not in sync completely with it yet, probably, and that's, that's not surprising. Uh, he's not completely comfortable in terms of timing with the receivers yet. That's not surprising. That's why I think, as I said, Indiana's got some potential. They've shown some, they've shown some ability. Now they need to be more consistent, and I think that comes with time, and that comes over – the course of several weeks as you're getting into the season. But uh, yeah, the offensive line, you know me, Sammy, I've, I've preached this for years. I'm an old fullback. I have an abiding respect for offensive line play. And I, I have a, uh, I, I, my, my, my basic, I, I've always posited my basic theorem, which I think is shared by a lot of people that it all starts up front. It all starts with the offensive line. If your offensive line can play, then you can run the ball a little bit. Uh, you can, you know, you can pass protect them a little bit then because you've, you've kept them honest by running the ball. And if you are doing those things, then your offense is controlling the ball and helping your defense rest. And that, yeah, you know, hasn't happened for Indiana in any sort of consistent way for many years now. And I think we got well now, you know, we got Rod Carey's on the staff now we have some additional eyes to look at the offensive line play and we got to figure that out and we have to do it quickly uh if we want to see the kind of goals realize that i know the team set this year nate i wanted to ask you a question about the offense uh, in general too the tempo offense has been something that walt bell brought in have you felt it's been successful i use move the ball put up a lot of yards uh, but they haven't put up the points, you know, the, um, the points that they needed to. How do you feel like the tempo offense has been working? Yeah, I'm still a favorite at this point. I just, I think it keeps the defense on their toes. They, they're constantly looking to the sidelines, making sure they have the right checks. And then they just, they don't necessarily have the time to. And we've certainly seen the downside of it, of you can have, very, very quick three and outs, or you can even get a first down on a, on an early play and you could have four or five and outs just because 
the offense can stall relatively quickly. And, and when the offense stalls quickly in a, in a high paced offense, it, it just feels so much quicker and your defense goes back on the field. They don't have much time to rest. It, it just, it can really, really affect a team. But I think at this point we've, we've seen too, uh, we've seen too many positives to, to go away from it. And we're also, we're not going to change the offensive scheme or, uh, or philosophy four games, five games into a season. So that I don't expect that to happen, but I think a lot of it is just when you have that consistent quarterback play, like Andy had mentioned, and you're able to stain drives really deep in their heels and not give them time to respond. It we've, we've seen that at times this season, it, it, it can put up points fast. It can really change the momentum of a game. Uh, I'm still a fan of it at this point. And I, I think yeah. Alan ta- spoke to it today as, as he is a fan as well. Well, you know, the, the touchdown pass to Henderson Saturday, for example, yep. I mean, Cincinnati wasn't ready yet. They, did, they had nobody out there to cover. And, yep. and so it was just a walk in the park, stroll, an easy stroll into the end zone. And I think yeah. we could actually see more of that, too. If there, there have been yeah. situations where I'm like, don't look to the sideline right now because the, the defense is looking to the sideline and, the, and there's no one on Barner. There's no one on blah, blah, blah. Like, I think there are other situations where uh, probably as Bazelak grows more comfortable in this offense, he's going to start to notice of, Hey, no one's guarding DJ Matthews right now. Like, let's just take the snap, let him make a play. Well, if I can interject too, I I, I wanted to say something about you know Indiana's you know cornerbacks, uh, Taiwan Mullen and, and Jalen Williams are outstanding players. They've they've shown that over you know for years, and they just didn't have a very good day Saturday. I mean, Taiwan was in man to man coverage and got himself turned around, and you know that was an easy score. Uh, one time I saw Jalen Williams and we were talking about, you know, defense is trying to communicate while the offense is hurrying up. Well, Cincinnati wasn't even in a hurry up. It was like a you know, goal to go kind of play. And Jalen was on the slot, man. And I don't know who he was talking to who was out wide. Jalen was, you know, making hand signals and talking to the guy when Cincinnati snapped the ball. And once again, a totally uncovered guy went right past Jalen and it was an easy touchdown. That was the most disappointing thing for me Saturday. I know a lot of people hopped on the offensive line. That's what Indiana fans do. And obviously I emphasize offensive line play myself, but the, the secondary play was really puzzling. I, I, I don't know why there was confusion. I don't know why there were coverages and experience of guys that have played together for a long time. And one thing I think Tom wanted to do when he took the defense back over personally this year was to simplify things again a little bit, get guys playing more aggressively and not thinking as much. And yet Saturday I saw guys thinking and talking and they're not really ready. And the next thing you know, somebody's wide open. Uh, So I want to see that get better fast. And it should, because once again, it's an experienced unit. And that's that sort of stuff should not be going on when you got fifth year seniors and fourth year seniors out there. Yeah, and who have played well and have played together yeah. for a long time. And they're good players. You know, they're, yep. they're, there's there's not a talent uh, deficit out there. And no, he's a, a first-team All-American. And there's experience galore. And so there should not be confusion and there should not be and, – and, and one thing that's been encouraging for Indiana, I think, is that they've made really good halftime adjustments apparently this year because you've seen a lot better play in the second half. We certainly saw that Saturday. And Tom made an allusion to, yeah, we gave them some help. You know, we had some cornerbacks out there on an island in the second half. We gave them some help. So my, my only question would be, well, number one, Indiana's cornerbacks ought to be able to play on an island. 
they're talented enough, they're experienced enough, they should be able to do that. But if for whatever reason, it's not working on a given Saturday, let's try and adjust in the first quarter. Let, let's not wait till halftime uh, once you give up a couple of big plays like that. And, you know, they gave up 38 points and a half and a half. It's like, no, not, this unit, this defense should be much better than that. That should not happen. And Cincinnati is a good team. Yeah. But I don't know. Where would Cincinnati finish in the Big Ten? I don't know. Fifth, something. I don't know. Yeah, East I don't or know West. You guys think about that. Yeah. Yeah. They'd be like fifth, <laughs> in, fifth in the Big Ten East. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we just, we, you know, I, I just want to see, you know, a, a unit that ought to be the strength of the team, frankly, the, the, the secondary uh, yep. play better. They should. Yeah, and I, there there was no injury update on, on Monster Matthews today. I know he left the game um, holding his shoulder, and that's been bothering him since Iowa last year. Hmm. Uh, and that's – it's something that um, – Well, why would that be, Sammy? I mean, that's I something know. that should have been addressed goes in the back to, Yeah, and, and he's I, still wearing that sling – um yeah it's not or good. harness uh something like that it kind of reminds me of Juwan morgan a couple mm-hmm. years ago when he just had that shoulder that kept, oh, popping, kept popping out, out. and then he had surgery to do it so i don't know but they're not gonna well it sounds like there should have been surgery then you know yeah and, and who knows if there there was or wasn't but right um th- there should have well, been but it's a little concerning that he's off the field so much when he's one of your biggest playmakers on defense and Sanguinetti has played well in spots, mm-hmm. but there were a couple yeah. of those long touchdown pass passes against Cincinnati where it was Sanguinetti and Philip Dunham's in there yep. um, and, and things like that. And you just, you'd, you hate seeing early in the game that your depth is getting torched. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't feel good either way, but I think I'd feel a little bit better if you have your best guys out there. And they threw it over your head just because you're rolling with your best. But um, yeah, it's a little concerning that that they're not playing their best guys as as much as possible. I agree with that too. I mean, I know Tom has talked about playing a lot of guys on defense, and I'm absolutely in favor of that up to a point. There, 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 there does come a point where it becomes counterproductive, where yeah, you don't have your best guys on the field enough, and it's a it's a fine line, and the coach has to decide where that line is. But I, I do think that. Uh, you know, Indiana's got good depth defensively. You know, and I, our new defense coordinator said before the start of the season that he hoped there was enough depth that Indiana could actually wear some teams down with their defense and be fresh, fresher than the opposition in the fourth quarter down the stretch. That's probably proven out. You know, Indiana's been better down the stretch than the opposition most yep. of the games we've seen so far. But I do think... Like- yeah, it's not like Cincinnati was running the ball down down their throat late yeah. in the game. IU stuffed them in the no, second half. That was half. one of the really that was one of the really encouraging things about Saturday was the play of the defensive front and the and the linebackers were so good against the run. Uh, there probably wasn't quite enough pressure on the Cincinnati quarterback as there could have been. Uh, I, I understand Desan McCullough was a little ill and you know kind of limited in the number of snaps he could have, and that probably hurt Indiana's effort in that regard. But uh, no, it was good to see the, the you know Indiana ran the ball better than Cincinnati did. You know that's yep. that's yeah. you know, as much criticism as I use offensive line took. Like, well, you know that, that's an impressive factor too to wear down a team when you're. I don't think we've won the time of possession yet. Going back to the the playing with the fast tempo offense, like 
the, the defense has been on the field more than the oh. offense every single game, I think. And they, they've still held up in that, or we've looked better in the second halves than we have in the first. So another promising yeah, I think, sign, I would say. I think IU ran 104 plays and anybody who's played for 104 plays, a lot of plays. That's a lot, yeah. of, plays. Uh, that's a lot of plays. Um, that's, I mean, that's almost going back to like Wilson, you know, Wilson days where, where you're running 105, 106 plays a game and, and people are just getting worn out. Um, let's close on this. Um, Indiana's three and one right now. They're heading to Nebraska. Andy, what's one thing Indiana needs to do on Saturday night to, to win the game outside of scoring more points than Nebraska? Uh, what is the one key factor that Indiana needs to, to do to, to come out of Lincoln with a win? Well, start better. And I think that that when you talk about a crowd, the kind of crowd that you're going to see out of Nebraska, taking the crowd out of the game early would be a really good thing. I, I think you know, Indiana needs to start well, uh, number one. I think Indiana will finish well. They've already shown they can they can play, they can make good adjustments at halftime, and they can play well in, in the second half of games. If Indiana is ahead or close at halftime, I'm going to like their chances. Nate, how about you? Uh, what's your one key? Uh, I'll give two actually. So I'll go one on each side of the ball. Um, so first I would just say, we, we got to be able to, to trust the secondary again. We saw in the first half against the Cincinnati game or in the in the Cincinnati game of, we just, the, the guys that like we've mentioned all, all podcasts long, the, the guys that we typically can rely on, we just were not able to, and, and we, yeah. we suffered greatly from it. So, yep. so on that side of the ball, I would just like to see a solid secondary performance come back and, put the first half behind you and see more we saw from that second half. And then uh, switching over to the offensive side of the ball, just a, a solid, accurate basal act just to mm -hmm. get him comfortable on the road. Again, it's going to be a, a rocking atmosphere because there's nothing else to do in Nebraska. So they'll be there. Um, so just settling him down, maybe st starting with some easy completions. I, I feel like we we've, preach this for the last two years last year it was, it was Hendershot this year it's Barner just going to the targets that you know are reliable getting Camper involved hope uh, hopefully DJ Matthews is back so we can have have that that two-headed attack there but that, that's what I would say is the, is the key to the games heading into Nebraska that was some good news today uh, learning that DJ is you know day-to-day -day and it's not a you know, season-ending kind of situation with his injury because <laughs> He, he can lend a lot and it's and it's the kind of thing Indiana needs. He can, he's a game breaker kind of guy. So yep, yeah. hopefully, yeah, hopefully he'll be able to go Saturday. That would be great. Yeah. And hopefully I, he I, is not returning punts. Just, yeah. I, it's <laughs> but, not worth it. It's not worth it. You know, it's, it's hard because he's so good at it. He makes people. He might miss be a so guy well. kind of like what they did with Jay Sean Harris late in his career is when you need a big punt return. Yeah. You when put you need him in. one, you know, if, 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 if he can help you win a game, yeah, put him in there. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I agree. As a, as a routine punt returner, given the kind of, you know, bad luck with injuries he's had the last couple of years here at Indiana, I try and keep him healthy if I could. Yeah, he's too, he's too valuable in offense. Plus, you have some young guys who could return punts too. Yeah. You could put Jalen Lucas back there. You could put Omar Cameron Perry, Omar Cooper. Yep. Um, I don't like using yep. the same guy on punt returns and kick returns. I, I grew up with Jason Seahorn. And that still is burned fresh in my mind from, I think it was like 1998 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And kick off in the preseason, he just blows out his knee. Um, 
It's a good thing oh, you yeah. have me on tonight because you just you just aged yourself, but you know you're still you know you're you're still a spring chicken compared to me. So you know just just hang out next to me and you'll be fine. I, I was two in 1998. <laughs> just throw that out there. All right, you're muted, Nate. <laughs> um, my my two my keys to the game is kind of like what Andy said. Take this crowd out of the game. Uh, we've been we've seen crowds like this. Uh, they get super pumped first. And then as soon as you fall behind, it's over. It's back to grumbling and booing and, and moaning and, you know, going yeah. back to the tailgate um, and, and sitting on your hands uh, and, and things like that. Um, so I, I think you need a big play early. And uh, whether it's in the passing game, whether it's getting the takeaway uh, and, and things like that, you need a you need a big play and a game-changing play. Um, I think that Indiana had – what one takeaway on on Saturday against Cincinnati? They need to do a better job against Nebraska, who, who does not really do a great job of of taking care of the ball. Um, their defense is uh, atrocious. I think IU will have the advantage in the in both sides of the trenches, uh, actually. So you get a lead, pad the lead, and um, let Sean Shivers and, and Josh Henderson go to work and and get A.J. Barner open and get him the ball and move the sticks. Uh, your wide receivers have been pretty good. Cam Camper, um, we, we thought he'd be good. I don't think he'd be the number one receiver on the team, um, but he, he's been solid. Uh, and just get, you know, try and find D.J. Matthews as well if, if he could play. And, and I want to see Jalen Lucas get the ball too uh, on offense. This is a game IU has to win. It's a – must win game on October 1st. Um, and I know it's not a must. It's they're not all really must a must. Right. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> they're all must wins. Uh, or you're. it's not a must win until it's game seven of a playoff series or elimination game and stuff like that. Um, but this is this is a big one for IU. Uh, and I, I think they're treating it like that uh, on campus uh, in, in the team rooms and in and, and practice and stuff like that. So I'm interested to see how they come out, how they respond to a loss uh, as well. Anyway, Andy, thanks for jumping on uh, tonight. And, and Nate, thank you as well, jumping on as well. Uh, appreciate you guys. And uh, Indiana kicks off 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on, on BTN out in, uh, out in Nebraska. I'll be there. I don't know how many other people will be there, but I will be there. Um, keep tuning in. Follow us at HoosierHuddle.com um, and on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, uh, Andy and Nate, for, for coming on as well. Thanks, Amy. Appreciate it. Enjoy. Hoosiers. It.